0: Hey, we are so glad that you are here with us this morning and have taken the time to, to come and to, to worship and to be able to uh, share just with one another's company. And it's great to have uh, Marco and so many others of our Spanish speakers who are here with us today. Uh, last weekend, the, our Hispanic uh, mem- members went off for a retreat, and so they were away having a, a wonderful time of encouragement and great food, I hear. And so, we're glad that they were able to go and do that, and we welcome everybody back to, to be a part. Uh, now, if you were not here last week, we're about to find out. Give me one clap. Uh, see, there's some of you that weren't here. There we go. Give me one clap. Give me two claps. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! It's like, what in the world happened last week? this happened, 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. And then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines. We began a new series last week called Shout and it's kinda hard to talk about shouting if you don't actually do a little bit of, of shouting. And we want to try to encourage one another to live victoriously understanding that the giants that we face in our life do not have the power that perhaps we think that they might actually have in our life. And here's why. We believe in our champion. And our champion is not ourself. Oftentimes when we tell the story from 1 Samuel 17 of David and Goliath, it, it goes something like this. That there was this great big tall guy Goliath and he comes down and he shouts and he screams and he yells and he has all of this fury about him and everybody runs and they're scared and then here comes little bitty David with his slingshot and he walks down into the valley and boom and uh, now you go be David. That's kind of our lesson. You go be David and you go down and you fight those giants and, and you pick up those stones and, and you do the best that you can. But yet each one of us has realized that we have a hard time taking on the giants in our life because we understand that oftentimes those giants are still present. And we say, I, I wanted to be like David. And I wanted to be victorious. And I've been out there practicing my slingshot of faith but it's just not working. And one of the reasons I think that so many Christians become discouraged is they get the wrong message from this particular text. David was not supposed to represent us. We were not supposed to place ourselves into the text as being the champion of God. You see, David was the anointed king. He was the anointed of God. He was the chosen of God. He was God's representative. And he went down into the valley and appeared to be in a position of weakness, yet actually being someone of great strength. And we talked last week how that our our true champion is Jesus Christ, If you would go back to the slide that was up just a moment ago, I want you to see this verse here. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now either you believe that to be the case or you do not. And the way in which you live your life will show as to whether or not you truly believe that you have a champion or not. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, did he do that or not? Was he victorious over the power of evil and Satan or was he not? Because if he was not, then yes, your giant still has tremendous power in your life. But if he was victorious, as scripture says he was, then the giants that torment and the giants that taunt And the giants that come out every single day and say, come down and fight me, no longer have their power. But do we truly believe in our champion? Well, there are champions on the other side for sure. Back to our text, it says there was a champion named Goliath who was from Gath and he came out of the Philistine camp. Now, right away when he is mentioned, you get a little bit of history about him. You get a little bit of history. He wasn't just Goliath from Gath. He was the champion from Gath. That means he had been in other battles. That meant that he had gone up against other armies. He had been in other situations where he had called out people to come down and to fight. And he was the one that was victorious. So, as soon as our text says that a champion named Goliath comes out, you realize this guy's got a history, this guy's got a record. And it's the same for those taunting giants in our life. They didn't just show up this morning. They they didn't just all of a sudden appear, they come into our life and they have a history and they have a record because they have been calling out our name, some of us, for years. Where it's the same giant that comes out over and over and over again, calling us out, saying, let's see what you can do today. Because you know this, right? That giants are relentless. They're relentless. It says that day after day after day, Goliath comes on to the battlefield and he challenges the armies of God. do you think they just got kind of tired of listening to it? Do you think they just got tired of hearing that voice boom out from the valley and challenge them? Do you think they ever wondered, is anybody going to go down? Is is our king going to go and fight? Are we going to be able to find a champion today? Because I know that for me in my own life, I get sick and tired of hearing the same giants call out. And challenge. Maybe you've heard it over and over. You're too weak. You're too weak in the faith. You're you're not strong enough to handle this challenge. Maybe you hear it over and over again. The giant that says, You're just like your mother, you're just like your father, you're you're just like your brother, you're just like your sister. You hear the giant over and over that relentlessly reminds you of the commitment that you made to God at camp and how that already in just these last few weeks, you've gone back on that commitment. You hear the giant that comes and over and over again reminds you. Reminds you of the responsibilities that you have as a father. Reminds you of the responsibilities you have as a wife. Reminds you of the responsibilities you have within the kingdom of God. And then comes and says, but what did you do yesterday? And what did you say this weekend? And what about that that blow up that you had at work? Constantly coming out and taunting. Constantly coming out and reminding us. That he is big and that we are small. But here's the thing, and this is what we kind of started building on last week, and it's what I wanted to remind you of again this week, that if Christ truly came to destroy the work of the devil, then giants are powerless. And the only power that they may have at all is just the power that we give to them. The power that we allow them to have because they have none of their own because Satan has been defeated and the one who supposedly stands at their back is no longer there. Now I was trying to think the best way to be able to describe this because for so many of us we say, wait a minute, you say the giants are defeated and you say that they're powerless but mine, mine, was, mine was yelling at me this morning. Mine was yelling at me all weekend. How can they be so powerless if if they're still having such an effect in my life? Well, the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops were known as the Ghost Army during World War II. They deployed just after D-Day on the fields of France. And they deployed for a very specific reason. In order to confuse the enemy. They were not actually... An army at all. What they were, were pretend, pretend tanks, pretend trucks, pretend aircraft. Here, let me show you a picture of what I'm talking about. This is part of the ghost army. And one of those tanks that they would carry on into the battlefield, that they would blow up, fill with air, and go set out in certain areas— See, the ghost army would set up in different places all across France and they would give the impression of having an actual army in a certain location. And they would use certain types of sound and they would use, again, certain types of actors that they would employ to make recordings and to put out this image that there was a great army that was assembling in a certain area. Also, that the enemy forces would put all of their attention over here when the actual armies were coming up from somewhere else. And for some 40 years, what they did was classified. And many of the tactics that they used are still classified by the government. But from the time of D Day to the end of World War II, they went all across Europe pretending. To be a powerful army. And I thought maybe that's the best way to explain the giants that come out and taunt us. They appear powerful, they sound angry, it seems like they're bent on our destruction. But in actuality, they have no power. It's all a mirage. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's fake. But just like the Germans in World War II, the Israelites centuries ago saw and heard the things that Goliath was saying, and they were terrified and deeply shaken. We're afraid, and I think that this is the first thing that we need to make sure falls in our life. I think we need to make sure that fear falls before us, so that we are no longer individuals who cower at the different giants that come and shout at us and say, "Are you truly a child of God? Do you truly think that you can live life as Jesus did?" we become so afraid and fearful because we don't think that we can handle this temptation that's in front of us. And here's just a few of the reasons I think that we become so afraid. We're just conditioned to be that way. Fear comes from our conditioning. Some of you grew up in very fearful families. You grew up with mothers or fathers that would have loved to wrap you in bubble wraps. Some of you were. Yeah, you were wrapped up in bubble wrap, and there were places you were told not to go, and things that you were, you were told not to do, and, and you've grown up in a, in a culture, some of you, just of, of fear and terror for life itself, because who knows when things are just going to, to fall apart. Some of you, though, your fear comes from concealing. There's sin in your life, and you are so afraid that it's going to be found out. You're so afraid that someone is going to check your browser history. You're so afraid that somebody is going to learn what it was that you did way back when or what it was that you said just last night. And because of that concealing, there is this fear that builds up inside of you where you're terrified. Because what if people actually found out that you're in need of the grace of God? For some of us, fear just comes from our controlling. We love to be in control. We love to make sure that we we have things all in their place and that we are able to have our hand on the wheel, so to speak. And whenever we are out of that control, whenever somebody else then is in charge, whenever there is something that we cannot get our arms around, then we fill up with fear so much. Why do some of us fear getting in airplanes? Because we're not the pilot. I know of at least one pilot that's sitting right over here. He has no fear. He's in control. It's the rest of us that are the ones who are frightened. Because we're not the ones in control anymore. But no matter what it it is that feeds your fear, the solution to fear is faith. The solution to fear is faith. See, the opposite of fear is not being bold and courageous. The opposite of fear is is faithfulness. And faith begins by us saying, I have confidence in God that he is bigger than my giant. I have confidence in God that he is bigger than my giant. And I have confidence in God that the power that is within Christ is stronger than the power that I give to my giant. And so whatever it is that stands and yells out to you, whatever it is that taunts you, whatever it is that says, see, I told you, you couldn't go another day without a drink, whatever it is that says, see, I told you, your relationships couldn't hold up, whatever it is that says, see, I told you, you couldn't just go for a week and be a person of prayer and study. The solution is faith. We realize, no, we have a champion. And even though our giants are relentless, faith says, I have confidence in a God that is bigger than my giant. So what do we do? I like the writing of David in Psalm chapter 16. He says in verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. One translation says, the Lord is always before me. It's always before me. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. The giant was bigger than David, but David's God was bigger than the giant. And this verse serves as a terrific reminder for us that God is present in our lives. And the term right hand, when you see that in the Old Testament, it was something that was very special. Because to be at someone's right hand indicated value and and honor and an intimate position. And if you sat at the right hand of someone, then that was the best seat in the house. And David says, my God is on my right hand. And so when he walks down to the valley to take on the giant, he checks his focus. And the focus that he had was not on the giant, because if you remember from last week, he looks at Goliath and says, listen, I come to you in the name of the armies of the God of Israel. I come to you in the name of the most high God, because that's where my focus is and I will not be shaken. So check your focus and then name your giant. I don't mean give him a pet name. I mean give him its real name. In Psalm, again from from David, chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, "'Lord, how many are my foes?' How many rise up against me. Many are saying of my soul. There is no salvation. For him and God. But you O Lord. You are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord. And he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again. For the Lord sustained me. Maybe what you need to do. Is to name the giant. And you say you know what Lord. I'm not going to be afraid any longer. This bill is coming due. And. And it's $416.95 and and I'm not going to be able to pay it. You say, Bob at work and the fact that he's promoting Amanda, even though her work is not as good as mine, simply because he likes her better. These things are are terrifying me, Lord. Maybe you need to name that guy your daughter is dating and say, I just don't trust him. Maybe you need to say it's that first chemo treatment that's at 10 o'clock a.m. tomorrow and I'm afraid of the outcome." See once we identify the culprit and admit that our unrest is tied to to that person or circumstance, we're able to offload our cares to God and say, God, this is specifically what I need help with. This is where my faith needs to be focused. So name your giant. Go to God and say, his name is Goliath, and he's nine feet tall. But I believe that you, Lord, are stronger. And then finally, shout your praise. Again from Psalm 16, I keep my eyes always on the Lord, with Him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. In the Greek translation of this particular passage, it says, my tongue shouts for joy. Woo! That is the life that we are supposed to have, where Jesus is in view and then worship just flows unobstructed because we realize the power that God still has in our life. We sing, even though the circumstances around us appear to be bleak, and even though we're challenged every day to walk away from our sobriety, even though we're challenged to go and and be with those sets of acquaintances and companions that have pulled us away from God even though we're tempted to cheat and lie and steal and all these other things. We rejoice and we are glad and we sing because our eyes are focused and the Lord is forever before us. We see His might and we're reminded of His love. We remember that He has always come through for us and that His mercy has never failed us. There's not a magic wand over fear that we're just able to to pull out of our cloak and everything instantly disappears. We just simply relegate fear to its proper place on the other side of Jesus. We don't lose sight. We don't let Him escape from our view. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord as we cry out, You are in control. We don't focus on the danger, we focus on the presence of God. As one author puts it, the antidote to fear is faith, and the soundtrack of faith is worship. So shout your praise as you rush onto the battlefield, chasing the enemy, realizing that your giant has fallen. I know I've told this story in the past uh, with a different lesson, but I think it just so talks about what we're dealing with. Our daughter Emily was about three years old at the time, and she was helping me turn off the lights inside the auditorium of the, the church building where we would come and join with other Christians to worship there in South Alabama. And the way that this particular building was set up, there was just— um, two sets of pews just like this. There was nothing over here on the side. So there was just two areas, one aisle in the middle, one aisle on each side. And there was a set of lights that were in the back right around where our cry room back there is. And and there was another set of lights that were over here on this wall. And so as I go to turn off the switch that was here, I I get here about the time that my three-year-old is standing on her tiptoes, reaching up to hit the lights in the back. And when we hit those all at the same time, the auditorium went completely black. And she freaked. She did. She freaked like any three-year-old in the dark would freak. And all of a sudden, she just goes, Daddy! And she cries out. Now, because of where I was at the front of the auditorium, I had the advantage that she did not because the the long set of back doors were open and there was a little bit of light that was coming through from the lobby area. And, and so, I, I could still see and I could even see where she was, but I was hidden from her view. I was enveloped in darkness. And so, she began to, to cry and she began to to cry out and I did my best to to comfort her and I said sweetheart daddy's here I'm right here just I said if you'll just listen to my voice as I was walking around picking up some things off these front pews and straightening some books I said just listen to my voice and, and if you'll go and stand in the light you'll see me and I can see you and she came around that set of back pews and She hit the area where the light was shining in. And as she was coming down, I began to make my way up to her. And she broke into a run. And she ran as fast as those little three-year-old legs could carry her. And and I I got down and and I picked her up into my arms. And and she was doing that cry that that kids do when they just can't contain themselves. And they've got the snot bubbles coming out, you know. And they're... (laughs) It just, I'm like, sweetie, it's okay, everything's, everything's fine. And, and I said, it's okay. And she looked at me, and through those tears, she said, Daddy, you lost me. That's so what she said. Never forget it. And I said, sweetie, I didn't lose you. I knew exactly where you were. I saw you the whole time. And it could be some of you who are here this morning and you feel lost by your father and you're afraid. Because the giants keep coming and coming and challenging you and taunting you and the fear just wells up inside. And maybe your cry is not a woo, but it's a daddy. You long to hear the voice of God. And so I encourage you this morning as I encourage my little girl Stand in the light as he is in the light. Listen to the voice of God as it has been speaking to you today saying there is a champion. And that champion has gone down to the battlefield. And that champion came to destroy the work of the devil. And that champion was victorious. And now you listen to my voice. And you come running to me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you to walk off the battlefield. And allow your champion to take your place. Why don't you do that? Why don't you come and get that burden off of you as we stand and as we praise God together.